0: To the Bible Workshop with Pastor Lee and Danita Boddy. Each week, we will take you on a journey into the Bible, exploring truth and faith. So stop wondering and start exploring with us. Greetings, and we're glad to have you back here with another podcast of the Bible Workshop, where we really just dig into the Word of God in a way that is very down-to-earth and hopefully relatable and less intimidating than a sort of formal church service, right? Yes. This is where you can, on your own time, just dig into the Bible. So welcome back and greetings if you're a first-time listener. Yes, yes. Hello. Today, we're going to start with a question. Have you ever felt imperfect, especially in God's eyes? Absolutely. Have you ever felt imperfect?
1: Absolutely, yes. Yes. And Everyone should have said amen. Amen. I've felt
0: (laughs) it. We've, We've all felt it. But today, we're going to talk about how God perfectly uses the imperfect, God uses imperfect first half people, say the first half of your life, right. imperfect first half people to change the second half of life. Amen. And there's a great football analogy in there, right?
1: Yes. Yes. I, I, I related it to like a football game because the NFL is revered here in America. So we have a, a first half, they play four quarters. Um, at halftime, that's after the second quarter, they have a halftime. Say the team is doing very badly and Um, They're down 21 points. They're not tackling like they should. got a lot of penalties, a lot of errors. Um, The best thing about that is the coach can take them in the locker room at halftime. And he can rally the troops, correct some of the mistakes, tell them that part is over, forget about it. We have a second half where we can change this around and win this game. And I think about that as Christians. uh, We're the same way. If we had a bad first half of our life, whether we didn't know Christ, of course, that's a bad first half. Um, because we were stuck in our sin or if we were, we've been a Christian since we were younger and we may have fallen away or not fulfilling the call God has on our life. Um, um, we can have a better second half after halftime. we got to realize that God steps in at halftime because he wants us to have a better second half.
0: That's right. I think I'm definitely in the second half of my life. I know the first half at times was a hot mess but <laughs> yeah,
1: mine as well mine now as i'm well.
0: here in the second half of life and fully yeah. committed to to christ and all that he has for me
1: yeah i thank god for half times absolutely let me tell you i really do i really do he stepped into my life and i've never been the same
0: and and at the the heart of that is just god always gives us opportunities to do better he's rooting for us he really wants us to do better so Let's read a real biblical example of someone who had an interesting first half of life, you know, a little a little shaky. And 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 some people might come to mind when I say that, and if you know your bible a little bit, you might say, "Oh, like Moses or or you know, David. David did some crazy things and then or Paul. How about New Testament Paul?" But no, we're talking about a woman in the Bible named Esther. Esther, one of those little books yes. in the Bible that you don't hear a lot from, but Amen. we're going to take a look at Esther today because she has a whole book which records her testimony. Yes, right. These are all like people's testimonies. This is Esther's testimony. One That's of right. only two uh, books in the Bible by uh, centered around women. So um, there's something unique about this book. Do you want to? That's
1: right. Wanna... That's right. Yeah, and uh, unlike a whole lot of other books. And remember, this is God's divine word, his divinely inspired word. Um, and yet he's not mentioned in this book. Not Nowhere. once.
0: Nowhere does it say anything not about
1: once. God. Um, he's not prayed to. There's it. no prayer. He didn't do any miracles. No. Um, so, and, and, and that was a problem, even how they compiled the Bible. You know, they didn't want to have Esther, the book of Esther in the Bible. Yeah,
0: some wanted, some wanted it what, had just not even to be included. Amen.
1: Right? And back in the uh, Qumran community for you Bible scholars, um, as they compile um, uh, the, the Bible together. But nevertheless, the hand of God is all over this book. That's right. All over the people in this book. That's right. And, and what happens and when it happens. So because he's not mentioned, uh, don't think um, he's not the center because he is. He is. He always is. There's uh,
0: a, there's a huge, uh, there's a huge movement. Like you said, you know, his hand being in it. Um, he does something great actually through Esther, oh, yeah, you absolutely, know, using her and, and we're going to, we're going to see that.
1: Uh, yeah. Cause when I say miracle, I don't, I, I, oh, it's miracles in here, but I, I mean, like he didn't, uh, uh, like Jesus walked Raise on water someone from or no plagues or, anything. or <laughs> right. anything like that. Right. But, oh gosh, if, if you study this, this, this book, he is all over it. God is. Yes, he is.
0: Okay, so we're going to read, and it's Esther chapter 2, which is our focus here. Where We're really going to hone in on this moment in Esther's life, in her first half of life. And the difficulty with an Old Testament passage is it's a narrative, and so there's a lot of verses to get the whole gist of it, but we're we're not going to take up all of our time reading when you can read on your own time. But we're just going to pull a few verses out, verses 8 through 10, and then verses 17 through 18. And we'll read those to kind of give you the gist and, and we'll talk about it. And hopefully, again, you will explore and just read yeah, the whole no. chapter on your own. Yeah,
1: we would encourage like you to, to. It's only 10 chapters, the whole book of Esther. We encourage you to read it in one right. sitting. Right, uh, It'll be uh, sit by a tree, nice, beautiful day. It's an awesome book. And once you start, you will not be able to put it down. Right. I guarantee you. You'll read it all the way through. So. So we're going to
0: read chapter 2, verse 8. And just to set the stage a little bit, because I'm starting with, so it came about. And you might be like, well, what came about? Um, Before this, and this isn't really the the highlight or the focus, but there's this king of Persia, King Ahasuerus, which is um, where they are, Esther and her family. And the king was married to a woman named Vashti, right? Yes. And uh, uh, the king liked to drink. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He liked to drink and party. He liked to be married. He was a partying guy. (laughs) And he partied a little too much one night. And he called his wife into a very uncomfortable and compromising position where he wanted her to dance for this audience, right? Yes. And she felt um, objectified, rightfully so. And she said no.
1: Yes. Uh, I bet people didn't know that. The term trophy wife was in the Bible. Trophy wife. Total trophy (laughs) wife.
0: But this trophy wife said, no, the buck stops here. And, you know, as a king is, was entitled to do, he discarded her. Yes. You know, you can no longer be my wife. This one incident discarded her. And now he's on the search for a whole new wife, a whole new trophy. That's right. Right. Okay. So verse eight, verse eight says uh, Esther chapter two, and I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. So it came about when the command and decree of the king were heard and many young ladies were gathered to the citadel of Susa in the custody of Hegai that Hester was taken, Esther sorry, was taken to the king's palace into the custody of Hegai who was in charge of the women. Now the young lady pleased him and found favor with him so he quickly provided her with the cosmetics and food gave her seven choice maids from the king's palace and transferred her and her maids to the best place in the harem. Esther did not make known her people or her kindred for Mordecai had instructed her that she should not make them known.
1: Amen. And then I'm gonna pick up in verses 17 and 18. Again, in chapter two of the book of Esther. And the king loved Esther more than all the women and She found favor and kindness with him more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Ashti. Then the king gave a great banquet, Esther's banquet, for all his princes and his servants. He also made a holiday for the provinces and gave gifts according to the king's bounty. Wow. Amen. Wow. Nice setup. Um, so,
0: so what's going on here?
1: Here, here we go. Um, she entered his beauty contest. This is Esther. right?
0: The king's um, beauty pageant. The,
1: the king's beauty pageant. <laughs> he was not looking for Miss Universe. He was looking for Miss World. Right. <laughs> she entered his beauty contest. And uh here's here's where we have a problem with her 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 bad first half. She didn't admit that she was a Jew. And we'll mm. we'll unpack that's that in a second, as to why that's significant. Uh she uh, or Mordecai. Now Mordecai who raised her as his own um because her parents had passed away. He he adopted her as as um uh, his daughter. he's a relative. Yes, he yeah. He takes her in. And here's the problem. They grew comfortable in Persia. Mm. Even though under the decree of Cyrus, um, the Jews were allowed to return back to their homeland. Mm. But they don't go. So we got the, the beauty contest, first thing. Second thing, they don't go back home. They like it um, here in Persia. They've got indoor plumbing and running water. Right. Shopping malls. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so it's comfortable right. uh, in in Susa, in Persia so um again as we talked about earlier it was strange we say this strange she never seems to pray she joins a harem mm. in fact the way we read that in the text coming right after the description of mordecai it really suggests that it's mordecai that encourages her to enter this beauty contest uh, and again uh, i want you all to look at make sure you look at how god is moving through all of this so and this is no ordinary beauty contest right uh, she's taken to the harem not only does she not refuse to eat to the, the king's food which she should have as a jew She's giving the best of the king's food. And she put on. she's put on this beauty regimen, right?
0: Yeah, there's cosmetics in the Bible. There you go. I bet
1: that caught your eye, right? <laughs> there are cosmetics <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> hey, well, and, and, and look what else the Bible clearly points out. Um, that she has a great body. It talks about her yeah. figure.
0: So Esther is, she's got it going on. That's Esther right. is she's
1: gorgeous. That's right. Enticing. Right. Alluring. She's appealing. She's attractive. And look. God created her that way, That's her. so so don't forget that the hand of God is even moving in that. Um, and she spends the night with the king, right? He picks her out his beauty contest. Wow, I want her, and he finds she finds favor with him, she, uh, uh, so much so that she becomes the queen, right?
0: So yeah, she won. That's right.
1: Um, and
0: now we don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if her prize was what she <laughs> what she was hoping it would be, but she won. And now she is the the queen, the bride of King Ahasuerus. That's right. The drunk. <laughs>
1: <That's> right, the <laughs> drunk. <laughs> and look, I don't want you all to get it sidetracked. We read into the text sometimes that somehow it was her purity or her chastity that won the king over. But no, it really was, uh, as the Bible said, that she had a one night stand with the king and he was like, yes, I want her to be the one. Um, and, and, and God is going to use this, right? right. Um, again, we're looking at um, how God has used her bad first half um, as we look at this book, right? So the book develops, right? So Mordecai sends a message to Esther that she has to finally make a decision. Okay, about what? Let's go back a little bit. Haman. Um, So Haman is promoted to position of power. He doesn't, like Mordecai, want to kill him. And then all the Jews, he he, uh, uh, roped them all into this plan to kill them all. And, and one reason he didn't like Mordecai is because Mordecai wouldn't bow down, down to him. So he was upset, right? Um, so Esther, uh, through Mordecai, has a decision to make, right? right. Because What
0: decision does she have to make?
1: Is she going to help her people mm. or is she going to stay comfortable in Persia and Susa?
0: As the queen.
1: That's right. Um, now, now think about that because some people get to these positions and they... That's like,
0: life, <laughs> right?
1: What do we say though? What do we call that? don't forget where you came from from. there it is don't forget where you came. No,
0: that is so she has an interesting and this is a lot of us if you're if you've ever been in this position where something you're in a great you have a great uh opportunity and you're 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 very comfortable where you are and you're elevated but now morality steps into play who are you really that's right. Right. Who that's are right. you really? And that's important. Where, where does your value lie?
1: Because we all, should, we all should be about helping someone else. God, You know, we say it all the time. Um, it's not just a Christian cliche or church talk. Uh, we are blessed to be a blessing. Um, and, and we got to all remember that. Um, God, God gives us things so we can be a blessing to someone else.
0: Okay. So give it away. What does she do?
1: Her, so her decision to finally step up and go to bed for her people. It's she really,
0: steps up and says, I'm going to take.
1: Yes. This. But before I even get there. It's not really a one of moral courage at first. It's one of desperation. Ah. Her choice is either certain death or potential death. So she chooses potential death. Cause remember, if she tells the king she's a Jew, she's in trouble. Right. Um So that's highly. That's hardly the kind of moral courage that we typically admire. Um, with her in in and spending the night with the king, her her reticence to stand on behalf of her people. it's really no wonder that that this book is strange. And um um um. God is not mentioned, and as we talked about earlier. um So just think about that. Well, but uh, go ahead. I'm I was going to
0: say, I, and I think of this. So <clears throat> Mordecai is pushing Esther into this kingdom because Mordecai is the one, you know, living in Persia, very comfortable. He's responsible for her, and he's kind of drawing her into his value system. And he pushes her into this kingdom. But whose kingdom? <laughs> and you ask this. That's I remember right. when you preached this. That's right. And it was like, okay, the king of Persia, who is an earthly king. That's right. When he should have been pushing her toward the kingdom of God.
1: That's right. So he Amen.
0: does have a hand in this, Amen. right? That's he right. should have been leading her toward their God. And instead, he pushes her into this earthly kingdom. Right. And his
1: heart might have been in the right place in that he wanted to save his people. Uh, but Maybe he
0: thought she'd have some influence in that That's right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think you're absolutely correct. So um, here we go. We know her past. We know her compromises. We know her shame and identifying with her people, right? We know that she's comfortable in Persia. But if you are like me, you can relate to Esther's imperfections because that's what you started out with, right? You led with that. Right. Um, Perfectly using the imperfect. Uh, We can understand her moral compromises, right? We get it. We can all understand that, right? Right. Um, Have you ever compromised the word of God or what he says? Sure. In a situation or did you have total faith and trust in him? Well, I like to think, that in my past, I may have compromised, you know, what God intended, um, thinking I knew the better way. And, and of course I don't know the better way. God knows the better way. Um, so this is where she is, right? So a tough position for her to be in. Um, we're not going to come down too hard on Esther because we can relate to Esther. She's not where she ought to be. She's not doing what she should have done. She's not characterized as a woman of prayer or the word.
0: Right. So as far as we know, Although born a Jew, Esther is not necessarily a woman of great faith and great prayer. You know, her relationship with God is a little strained at this point in her life because she's gotten comfortable among the
1: ungodly. That's right. It's a mess. You know, again, and we talked about that before. Sometimes our life is a mess. Mm -hmm. There's three kinds of messes, right? The one we made, the one someone else placed upon us, or... The world we live in is a mess.
0: And sometimes we get comfortable among the ungodly.
1: Amen. 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 Great point. Um, But here we go. We thank God for the second half. Yeah! Right. We thank God. He's a God. A second
0: crowd, half crowd uh, <laughs> right. uh, noise right now, that's
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> like they used to pump in the crowd noise right. during the football season because they ain't, they didn't get to have fans during the pandemic. <laughs> so we just pumped in some crowd noise, right? right? <laughs> second half. Yay! You it know, it gets better. It that's gets right. Better. That's right. Because uh, our messes and living in a fallen world, our bad decisions, sinful choices, tragic circumstances—they don't define us. They don't. We are children of the Most High God. They may goad us, prick us, prod us, um, force us into a place of desperation, but they, these circumstances, they don't define us, right? That's right. Um, um, And a lot of times God don't speak to us until our life is shattered. So on the other side, in the second half, we can say, thank you, Jesus, for allowing what you did in my life. That's right. Because if that's how I came to know you, thy will be done, right? That's that's a great way of looking at your situation and your bad circumstance. If it brought you to Christ and you received him as savior, or if it encouraged you um, um, and pushed you to fulfill a call on your life, then it wasn't bad at all, right? Right. God used it like he used this situation, Esther, in the first half for his kingdom agenda in the second half, right? That's right. So he uses us despite our broken past. So here's Esther and Persia. She's really supposed to be there, right? They still live there. And I like chapter four, verse 14, where Mordecai, he mentioned this famous phrase that's used over and over again in Christian circles for such a time as this. Um, um, and, and again, as you pointed out, we're talking about the kingdom, um, the earthly king's kingdom. Right. Uh, but are you trying to get them to God's kingdom, right? Because so, this kingdom that, that he's talking about is a foreign land. It's a pagan king. It's Mordecai's uh, kingdom. Mm-hmm. And God is big enough, right? He is sovereign enough that he can use even our tragic circumstances, our bad decisions, our sinful choices for his kingdom agenda.
0: So so to get to the, the point of Esther's second half is there comes a point, like you said, where she has to decide who she really is. That's right. And you know kind of reconnect with her roots and that is the god in her right that or the the, the god that she served say that and and she responds right? right so esther responds knowing that um jews are being killed they're about to be killed um which is basically like the holocaust before the holocaust Amen. this happened back in you know biblical times in in persia and she sends word this is how she, she, she starts to, to look to God for help. She sends word to Mordecai, right, telling everyone to fast and pray. Well, fast. Okay. Wasn't it mm-hmm. no. to pray? No. Remember, this was she. was 416. It's not to pray also? No, fast. Oh, okay. Uh,
1: remember, we said it's not a prayer in here. I, I found that strange. Remember I said that? Yeah, Go just the fast. Go assemble all the Jews okay. who are found in Susa and fast for me.
0: Just to fast. And
1: do not eat or drink. Well, can three we maybe days? assume
0: that she prayed? Or not? Uh, no, no, we can't. We can't do that. Because usually fasting and praying go together. Yeah,
1: but not in Esther. Right? <laughs> right?
0: You don't fast without praying. One would think. But it doesn't say she prayed. No, no. She just fasted. Right. Okay. Hey. She fasted, but God honored that. That's right. Right? That's God right. honored that.
1: Because the goal was to save the people, right? Right. Uh, Again, Mordecai's hand in all of this. So, well, she
0: she also though she develops like ultimately this great master plan. But God is at hand in it. God is the one guiding her. God is the one using her to help His people, and you know maybe in ways that she doesn't realize, and maybe in ways that she is prayerful about, but or. Hopeful about. Let me well, not say hopeful because right, you're right. like, there's no, <laughs> there's no it. in there's this. No, that's,
1: what I found, that's why I right. found it strange. Yeah. And again, we're going back to um her influence now because she's the queen. She's the queen. So she's pulling favors. Right.
0: So she turns it around. Yeah. Esther turns it around. She saves her people. That's right. Right. So just because we don't see God in this right on the outset, it doesn't mean he's not there. He is there, as you said earlier, and he's there even when we can't see him because he's. He's, he's working through us and, and in us, right? That's right. If you're his. That's right. If you're his people. That's right. And today, where we are in the world today, his people are those who have, you know, accepted Christ as Savior and believed and received the free gift of salvation. Now you're his people. And as his people, right, he's using you.
1: That's right. He's
0: using you all the time. And 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 we should be eager for God to use us. That's every, the beauty of our second half is the half when we allow God to use us.
1: You let, let that be a part of our prayer life. God, how you want to use me today? Right. Um, say, I'm available. Lord, I'm available. So listen, Mordecai told Esther to intervene, to talk to the king, stop Haman's massacre, right? She did. And now from, from then on, um, we see the hand of God moving. We see the turnaround, right? Right. So what am I trying to tell you? that you and I have failed God at one time or, or another. Uh, we're wrapping this up. Um, um, here's my take. But know this, God uses imperfect people all the time to accomplish his will. Um, um, why do we know that? Because none of us are perfect. Yet he has moved miraculously in the lives of the people that are sold out to him, um, as my wife just stated. Amen. And sometimes it can be difficult or painful um, I remember a time when my daughter, our daughter, got her tonsils out. You remember that?
0: Yeah.
1: And um, That was so hard. Uh, so difficult. And, and and she's looking up at us, you know, her mom and dad and her brother. And she's like, what are you allowing them to do to me? No, I, this, is, this is a moment.
0: This is a powerful moment as a parent. She looked up and she was in so much pain. She had to have the tonsils removed because she had sleep apnea and such. Mm-hmm. And she's like five maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she looks up in her bed and she's in so much pain and she goes, why did you do this to me?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Heart-wrenching.
0: She said, why did you do this to me? And I, I just felt like horrible, but I knew that ultimately it was for her good. That's right. And it's like, yes... My love, you're gonna to have to have a little bit of pain right now, but you're gonna be so much better for it. You'll be able to sleep and breathe. you know and breathe, breathe. and yeah. It, but it was so hard in that moment. That's and, right. And that's us with God sometimes, like God, why are you allowing this? But mm-hmm. He knows what's best for us. And so my final thought would be, if you feel like you've had a mess of a life thus far, or there've been things in your life, you know that. Um, that that you don't you don't feel um align you so well <laughs> with god don't worry because those things don't have to define you amen right those things force you into a place of desperation and that place of desperation is right into the hands of god Amen. and that's the best place you could be amen. so trust the process trust the process Look to the one who is sovereign and in control, and you'll find your purpose and your peace. Amen. Amen.
1: And remember, God uses imperfect people because we are all imperfect. All of us. But we serve a perfect Savior.
0: That's right. Amen.
1: That's our hope.
0: Hope you enjoyed this workshop, and we look forward to meeting you back here next week. God bless. God
1: bless. Thank you for joining us on The Bible Workshop. Now take what we've studied and apply it. We'll see you again next week.